0: Open the laptop to type, I put my name into Skype, some blog we're going to hype, and now they're on the pod. We're talking football and things happening in wrestling rings, but you just ask which one sings, you're listening to the pod. Don't tell your parents, Vandenberg killed the Barons, is it time to fire parents? Ask a scout.com at baby, you're listening to a Sonic Bomb Blast. Of stats and dick jokes. Black Heart Gold Podcast. Totally amateurish. Not even broadcast. Sometimes it's Spanish. Black Heart Gold Podcast. You hear the ice cubes. In our rocks glass. We don't even edit. Black Heart Gold Podcast. There aren't that many words. That rhyme with podcast. Let's start the interview. Black Black Heart Gold Podcast. This is the first time that we've actually started the Black Heart Gold podcast slash Slow State podcast as a Black Heart Gold podcast, since there is no more Slow State's <laughs>
1: podcast. You're a lazy piece of shit.
0: It's so sad. Chris and his baby.
1: <laughs> it, ruins, it seriously ruins everything.
0: It ruins everything, yes. Uh, Black Heart Gold podcast, episode 93. It's the Slow State's podcast, what, 37-ish? Sure. I'll say that. Pat Vint, joined by Chris Gravitz and Kevin Powers, the uh, the former mega powers, get it, behind uh, Black Shoe Diaries, who joined forces with us on slow dates and are now pursuing various ventures throughout the eastern United States. Gentlemen, what's
1: going on? Doing all right. Just, um, living the dream.
2: Yeah. The uh, – the post blogging uh lifestyle is expensive and less entertaining, <laughs> but um, but hey, we, we made it to ninety seven by not having to participate in the last what, thirty?
0: <laughs> that's all yeah. <about> right. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've grown a
1: seven inch beard.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Uh you are you are the uh ninety four year old Nazi father from the proceedings from *It's Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh,
1: so I'm so happy that's back.
0: You did it with an original Hitler. <laughs> the original <laughs> Hitler.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, Penn State week. Yeah. It's been an interesting season for your team. I think last time we talked, there was something going on involving sanctions.
1: The last time we talked, it was – was it the day after or – no more than three days after.
0: It was, it was within the first couple of days yeah. when – and we were in the aftermath.
1: <laughs> and it was pretty uh, apocalyptic at that point.
0: It was. I, I read that book after the bomb when I was like 13. <laughs> it was kind of like that. Um, so so uh, you're now three months into Sanctionville. How's everything looking? Chris, we'll start with you. See, it's funny.
1: I've listened to that podcast, uh, the one we did previous to this one must be 20 times since we did it. And I'm sort of amazed at how my attitudes have changed towards a lot of what happened. Like I was very defensive of the NCAA. I said, Oh, it's nice. And it's fair that they let these guys transfer anywhere they want. They can do it for a whole year. And and then it all happened. You know, we were, we were joking about Silas Red transferring to Iowa. And as it turns out, you know, Lane Kiffin sends a Mercedes jet, takes him to a high end dinner in LA and, He's a USC Trojan. Justin Brown goes to Oklahoma. That's our number one running back, our number one wide receiver. And we pretty much had no other wide receivers waiting that had any experience whatsoever. Another guy got kicked off the team over the winter. And the way the team has responded after, I think, just running out of steam against Ohio, I think they got a fluke touchdown against them. Tip ball by two of our defensive backs. Ohio guy catches it, runs free for a touchdown, turns the whole yeah. game around. I, I think that sort of emotionally drained them after a whole offseason of just, you know, tension. And the Virginia game missed, what, four field goals and one extra point? It was, it was yeah.
0: just. A poor kid.
1: Yeah. And Virginia it, you know, has turned out to be terrible. Right. Terrible, terrible teams. I, that one, especially, is the one that, you know, we're going to look at the end of the season and. Really regret, but since then, confidence wins over Navy and Temple, and then, uh, destroying Illinois and the 22 point fourth quarter two weeks ago against Northwestern.
2: Which, which might have been the most interesting game to watch since the 05 Northwestern game, um, in terms of of unexpectedness and, and, um, and just kind of seeing the team, uh, perform in a way you know I, I i was tweeting a bunch of gibberish about fourth down attempts which has been you know part post ficken and um and kind of part just a a more interesting attitude towards football in general with um with no end game to worry about and um it it has been a really interesting season and it's been really entertaining in a, in a surprising way i mean i know when we were talking whenever that was it was um we certainly weren't talking about football and I didn't picture myself really even um, diving into the specifics of that for two or three years after the sanctions. So it's been, it's been kind of a pleasant surprise. And it's also, you know, the the thickened thing was excellent in the sense that it, um, it really kind of put a face on, you know, the separation of of what was happening, which is, you know, the the court uh, appearances and court cases and all that kind of stuff, the sanctions, and then, kind of what was left behind and and what the uh, what kind of moving forward looks like which is putting that stuff behind you and, and picking on not quite ready for primetime kickers so
0: well so chris dropped kind of the the general background of what's happened to Penn State this year which is started rough and i think you're exactly right that watching that team against ohio it looked like one thing went bad, and then the, the levy kind of broke. Like, it was just – there was just too much stuff behind it that they were trying to hold back, and when they couldn't and it, – and it carried over the next week. I mean, I don't think they were quite back to 100% by the time that Virginia rolled out of town. but I I just wonder – and I'll start with you, Kevin – how does it feel to have the Big Ten's best passing quarterback <laughs> in, the, in the form of Matt McGloin?
2: <laughs> we were – uh I, I happen to be talking about the um 2006 uh Ohio State Penn State game which um with Luke Zimmerman of uh Land Grant Holy Land today over launch and um I call that Anthony Morelli's coming out party and this has kind of been the the opposite of watching Anthony Morelli grow up in a lot of ways <laughs> and I, and I think um you know in terms of the the offense really adding that fourth down complexity it certainly helps um, they hardly threw the ball at all downfield last week until, you know, the, the, the choice times to do that when you have it, you know, properly set up after, after several basically fullback blasts up the middle and, and, um, and short bubble screens. So the, the offense has been fun, although I think it's clear that there's a ceiling there, um, which I'm fine with and, and more than happy to hit that ceiling if that's what, if that's what the bad kind of downside is, um. You know, it, and everything else is like you, you really you. You know, I think where Chris probably would have gone after saying we lost all those people is that we've really found and seen people step up as role players. I mean, you've you've got uh, a lot of really kind of unorthodox but acceptable things going on on the offensive side of the ball, and I think the defense is settling in too. You know, I, part of the other story maybe in that Ohio game is is how terrible. State wasn't getting off the field, which is mm-hmm. pretty much the anti-Penn State defense. We've always seen the team kind of settle in in the second half, and this was just, um, you know, the opposite of that. McGloin? So, Chris, Burst. Oh,
1: go ahead.
0: Still... No, please.
1: No, I was just going to say, McGloin, oh, McGloin's been great. He had 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. One of those, one of those, <laughs> one of those interceptions was at the three-yard three, I, at the I, three yard line going in directly off the receiver's hands, just a, a blatant drop tip drill sort of a thing, he will still scare the living shit out of you at least five times per game. And it's, it's just a matter of whether those mistakes fall into the hands of the defense. But in, in terms of, of those other guys who have stepped up, uh, Alan Robinson is, you know, I, I haven't checked the conference-wise uh, stats on this, but he's got to be top three, if not, you know, leader in, in yards and receptions, uh, 41 for five twenty four right now. And they found, uh, a running back who was basically the fourth guy on the depth chart in spring ball. He was a, a fullback. His name is Zach Swinnack. He is our answer to your, uh, uh, your hobbled, uh, Mark Wiseman. Yes. <laughs> he, he's our version of that. The
0: Hebrew hammer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, our guy's a ginger. So, um,
0: Ah, the Irish eyes are smiling. Um, Al Robinson, we can second in tackles and receptions
2: yeah. per second. game. Oh, well done, Chris.
0: Yeah, first in receiving or second in receiving yards per game, first in receptions per okay. game. So there you go. Yeah. Also, he has caught two point three three times as many touchdowns as our quarterback has thrown. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: has. He has been good. Yeah, I mean,
2: uh, <laughs> Mc- McGloin has a way of kind of picking on a guy and just. Um, chucking the ball at him over and over and over again, depending on what month it is. Um, Robinson has settled (laughs) nicely into that role, I think.
1: But there are other guys on this team. There are at least – God, I'm trying to to count them as they're in front of me. Put it this way. Penn State, when they went to Illinois, even with the Big Ten's limited travel roster, took seven tight ends with them. They will throw to all of them. They have a package – (laughs) <laughs> that has like their fourth or fifth string tight end in it, where nobody else, nobody except McGloin is under 260 pounds. Um, they O'Brien has been really good at finding guys with specific talents, and this is much you know very similar to what New England did for, uh, for for a very long time. They find guys who are good at certain roles and just let them do it. Zwinak has been a game closer for us, just um, absolute mauler when wearing a defense down in the fourth quarter. Bill Belton has been injured, but he's been okay. At at a point, I mean, they were down. Bill Belton was their starter. He was hurt. Derek Day was the backup. He was hurt. Um, They were down to using Michael Zordich, who's a fullback, as the featured tailback. And the team has persevered. And it's been an absolute joy to watch them. And it's consequence-free football. That's the thing. Yeah, that's just, the thing about all the fourth downs. Is you know, sure the the kicker's terrible and everything, but you know, he, O'Brien went for a, a fourth down against Northwestern, down eleven on you know the five or ten yard line. Any, even with a, a horrible kicker, that's twenty five or thirty, whatever it was. And you need 11 points. So anybody in the world would kick the field goal there, and he went for it. And they scored a touchdown. He just kept rolling the dice, and they kept you know, coming up for him. They went no huddle on a fourth and two last week. And they, wow. It's, and it's, it's really it's, it's inc- you know, it's incredible. They're... Considering what we've watched at Penn State in terms of just caveman offense, it's it's just so refreshing to watch it. And and no, they're not the most talented team. And certainly this once the sanctions really kick in next year and beyond, it's going to be hard. But I I feel that as long as O'Brien is there, I think he's shown enough so far to at least give Penn State a puncher's chance. Once this once the sanctions really do set in and you know hopefully not weigh the program down too badly, but obviously there's going to be some effect from it.
0: And I don't think I understand what you're saying, Chris. Are are you really telling me that somebody who brings innovation and like some sense of you know nuance and creativity to the offense can take a, a group of average players and make them actually good at offense?
1: The key is stretching them out horizontally along the field. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if your guy uh, has, has heard that yet.
0: Um, we have one guy. His name is Mark Wiseman, and he has a sprained ankle. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, obviously the the offense is the big change because you're right. Uh, watching Penn State now compared to spread HD Penn State <laughs> is, is a certain night and day quality to it. But um, defensively, is there any change? And if so, where is it? I mean, obviously Penn State's always been kind of – you know, Tom Bradley cover three with a little bit of blitz when they need it. Um uh where are we seeing the difference now? It
2: well, other than hiring our disgraced
1: president as defensive coordinator, um, which I don't know how, how we managed to pull that. <laughs> they are they're <laughs> twins. Ted Roof and Graham Spanier are absolute dead ringer twins.
0: And it's also
1: <laughs> you because you're trying to, to not be think
2: and think about is is um that picture of Graham Spanier playing his uh
1: his um tambourine washboard yeah. <laughs> yes he he is the a one man band um sort of outfit and it's it, it is just as comical as you can possibly picture it.
0: let me guess the song is I shall be released
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh i'm sure that's I'm sure that's in the repertoire um
0: yeah
2: the the defense or well, the, the it, it hasn't really been discussed. You know, what? What I when I saw the – when I thought about kind of the regime change, I really – the thing that really made you nervous was was the defense because everyone agreed, you know, um, with the sanctions, the recruiting part is complicated. But, you know, I know Chris will agree with me at the very least that uh, there was a lot of, of upside there. On the offensive side of the ball, you, all you needed to do was go from two offensive coordinators to one and you had an improvement, regardless of whether it was a talented one or not. Um, defense was risky because, you know, you, you kept Larry Johnson senior as a, um, a kind of nice anchor, uh, and a real player's coach. And, um, you know, you, you were able to keep a little bit of, of that culture, but you were bringing in someone with a terrible track record, um, or at least nothing approaching the, the track record Penn State brought on. And, you know, technically they, they do seem to, um, be a little bit more aggressive. They, um... You know, they they mix it up. They were not as good at, at closing down games. But, you know, it does still feel like the, the strength of the defense is what it's always been, which is getting your two or three just absolute standout defensive linemen, you know, past the line of scrimmage, putting pressure on the quarterback, and then, you know, just sitting back and waiting. I mean, when the defense is really succeeding, that is what's happening. When they aren't succeeding is when they're kind of doing what Penn State used to do on offense, which is... It, and this is what it felt like, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, with a better study of what was happening, which I have not been doing, um, you would you would have kind of a better concept. But it felt like they would just kind of run um, a grab bag of packages on defense to try to mix up or or attack whatever the offense was doing. But when you're doing that against Ohio and Virginia, et cetera, it's it's um it's not the Penn State way on defense if that's if that's a phrase, which is really just to outperform and, and have everyone
1: play their role. And they've been doing this basically with the bare minimum of defensive backs. They – and I, I, I would have to check the, the, uh, the tape on Northwestern, but at, at the very least, until that game, Penn State hadn't played nickel once because they don't have the people for it. They've, and even on, the last, on Northwestern's last play um, two weeks ago, we have our um, one of our backup linebackers Mike Hall who's number 43 he's basically our nickelback the Big Ten Network I'm sorry what?
0: Mike Hall from the Big Ten Network? Wow, I didn't yeah. know he had you utility
1: You see, he's a smaller linebacker, so he's, he's, he's good with the lateral movement.
0: He's, he's more with the sarcasm than with the actual tackle. <laughs> it's a
1: surprisingly good tactic than tackle. But you'll see, I mean, Northwestern was throwing at him whenever they had five wide on the field or as much as they could. They're really doing it with smoke and mirrors. And against Northwestern, they, they muffed a punt deep in their own end. Northwestern scored and Northwestern scored on a 75-yard punt return. They really only had two scoring drives of any substance, and that's impressive as hell. I mean, they're getting better. It's much better than they have a right to be, especially in the back so far. Thankfully, there aren't that many good passing attacks that they have to face. That's certainly a blessing in this year's shitty Big Ten.
0: So, I'm assuming from what you guys are saying that the fire Ted Roof boomlet is pretty much over, at least temporarily. It
1: it was justified for two weeks.
0: (laughs) Oh, sure it was. I'll say
1: that because they they were, their their ability to get off the field on third down was non existent. Kevin alluded to that earlier. Ohio had something like 13 or 14 in the second half against them. And Virginia, their base, really their only big drive of the day was the very end of the game. So, there was concern about his ability to adjust towards the end of games. But honestly, since then, they've been very good.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, one thing that we didn't have a chance to talk about or care to talk about was the adjustment of of changing systems on both sides of the ball and, um, you know, really trying to digest that. And, and you're going to have that, you know, let's, at the beginning of a new Let's
0: business. talk about that a little bit further because Iowa's going through the same thing right now and clearly has had a little bit of trouble, at least on one side in doing that. The other side, they just readopted the old system and said, don't worry about it. We'll just run the same thing again. How has your team adjusted to the first dramatic scheme change in, on both sides of the ball uh, in basically 40 years? Go ahead, Kevin. Um, it, you know, it, it
2: doesn't it doesn't feel like a paramount shift, frankly. I mean, I, and the defensive performance was um, – was bad, you know, and, and certainly domain names were registered, you know, after the Virginia game, but I, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't really get the sense that, um, you know, the, and to be fair to him, unfortunately is, um, like that, that was the one thing going into the season that everyone was focused on. So there was like going to be an element of, of, you know, kind of self-fulfilling prophecy there because, you know, the defense, the defense didn't have, you know, the, the linebacking core necessarily that they've always had or, um, and then, you know, as Chris mentioned, an, an existing secondary. So that was going to kind of happen. But, you know, the thing is, is O'Brien's offense is, um, you know, this is not bringing in Rich Rodriguez and, and recruiting a new kind of player and running a new kind of system with with totally shifting kind of mentalities. It's just a smarter offense. At least that's the way it appears kind of from 10,000 feet.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I, I, they're just using people. In the proper manner, they're making life easy for their quarterback, who obviously has physical limitations. He's not going to throw <laughs> the ball 50 yards downfield, but he's a smart enough guy that if you don't sort of tempt him with a giant piece of cake and, you know, on a 15-yard on a, on a out, if you have him just throw five and 10-yard passes down the field, he can do that, and he can do it quickly. And I think that's why you saw our – we had a five-star backup quarterback. That's been in our system for three years now. Couldn't get on the field, and he ended up just leaving the program because he ended up slipping behind um, a true freshman because he just couldn't process the uh, the offense. So it, it's it's sophisticated, but at the same time, it, like Kevin said, it's just a smart sort of thing. Another issue with the Ted Roof, uh, the uh, I, I guess the willingness or the um yeah, the willingness for people to hate Ted Roof right away. A lot of people wanted Tom Bradley to be the head coach. And that sentiment right. didn't die for a long time. It has now. I think people are, you know, fully on board with the bobsled, at least those, you know, who aren't Franco Harris and carrying around cardboard cutouts of Joe Paterno. But <laughs> <laughs> that that circus continues. Always, I can't wait a,
0: till we have that with Kirk Ferrari.
1: There's always something new at the circus. You know, oh yeah. Some uh it could be it's, it could be one of those guys from KCJJ carrying around a, a cardboard cutout oh, of uh old Captain Kirk.
0: It could actually be Kirk Ferrens and people just think it's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> yes. Um no look I, I I've I have enjoyed what little I have been able to watch of *Fence* State this year just because for some reason we see Seem to end up on the same time at yeah, almost all. Yeah, yeah, I
1: haven't seen much of Iowa. Oh, uh, I don't want to. Yes, at,
0: you have. You just don't I, know. I, I, well,
1: I've seen before. <laughs> um, one thing um, that needs to be mentioned obviously, our kicker is terrible. Um, yes. We also uh, have dumpster fires elsewhere on special teams. And I know your kicker is very good. And I was hoping <laughs> that angry Iowa kicker hating God would spring to life, but. How dare you, sir? He didn't save us in 2008 either.
0: I have not yet received a call from Pat Hardy's newspaper asking me for an interview on Angry Iowa Cargating Guy. So <laughs> I think probably out of the woods at this point. Um, so this is kind of back to the, the topic that nobody really wants to talk about, but um, I, I hear today that Tim Curley's out. What's the what's the reaction to that, and who? what are they looking for in the new...
1: 80. Well, he wasn't ever coming back. Sure. Now, he, I mean, he also has lung cancer, too. I mean, he's, he's uh, he is, and, uh, uh, doing a,
0: there. I mean, uh, my God. Yeah. That's a Honestly, day. it's a
1: terrible day, but that's what, I'm, wow. that's what I'm saying, man. There's always something new. Now, today, there's also the, um, the most, you know, publicized of Sandusky's victims was the one that Mike McQueery caught in the shower. Now, apparently, this kid told, um, defense investigators back when they were doing research for the case that he was never abused by Sandusky at all. Now he's claiming he's been abused before and after. So there's there's always this slow leak of shittiness that sort of, just you know, there, there, you can never get too far away from it. Uh, most of the people at least, like I said, who are not Franco Harris. And if, if, I don't know if you know this, Franco Harris actually brought a cardboard cutout of Joe Paterno and sat next yeah. to it in a luxury box at the first game.
0: Yes, I saw that.
1: Yeah. And, and this is, he's appeared elsewhere with it, and it, there's this whole weird movement of people that are just still gone. Most everybody else has, at least in terms of, you know, distracting ourselves with football, has, has, has moved on. Um, of course, everything else continues in the background to remind us how horrible this whole thing actually is and remains, and still will probably get worse. I, I don't think we're even nearly done with big things coming out of this case. So, there's so, that.
0: so, what did, what did, what do you look for in the new guy? What 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 turns the page on this entire thing? At least in, at an administrative level,
1: I don't know. Oh, if you mean from the a, a, um Yes, I. I think the current guy is going to try to do his best to stay in the position. Um, I don't think he has any intention of leaving it. That's, yeah, a, that's Dave Joiner. He's uh, best friends with uh, pretty much our most influential booster. He's not a trustee, but he's he's, he's a booster. Uh, it, it, it's well sort be. of just another cabal that has planted itself in. In uh, great. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's always this you know the board of trustees is like 36 people and. Three of them are up for election every year, and, and most of them are just political appointees. Yeah, and this, have, scandal, have political this scandal. This scandal farm, to... farm guild. Yeah, well, yeah, the Pennsylvania Agriculture Society gets this. You know, the governor submits their, a name from that, and the scandal is not completely out of the governor's, um, you know, office radar yet. And there's an attorney general election coming up in a few weeks, and if a Democrat comes in, she's already promised to investigate this more, because when this our current governor put one investigator on this Sandusky case when it first came up and put like eight on this sort of political witch hunt in which they were um, prosecuting Democrats. It's this whole, you know, there's a very political angle to all of this that's still ongoing and we're never going to be done with it. So that's why we, that's why we distract ourselves with football because reality is just, it just
0: sucks. (laughs) I understand. Yeah, Evan, uh, go ahead. Well,
2: I, I I think to to kind of follow up on the AD angle, it you know we we've been a athletic department that it, you know Joe Paterno has been the face of the athletic department and currently played for Paterno and and you know he certainly um, had a job to do and and you know in terms of his core requirements did it very very well I mean, getting Penn State hockey launched was was a huge 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 move um, you know by any athletic director standpoint. Getting Sanderson in to you know boost Penn State to being basically the most powerful wrestling school in the country um, was also a strong move. Um, I'm sure I'll get flagged or something if I comment in the in the post of this uh, or in the comments of this post. But I you know he he did a couple of things really really well. I don't think the athletic department role though, um, and maybe this is just the culture that that we've created and and will take time to break from. We'll have any influence at all on the on the ability to move past kind of this whole thing. You, you almost have a, you know, there's a lot going on at UT right now in terms of, of what that whole power struggle looks like. And at Penn State, the athletic department rules pretty secondary, I think. It's basically a place that, you know, Joyner was able to squat in and, and will do his best to to glue himself to the chair.
0: So you, you've mentioned Alan Robinson as, as the, the kind of the receiver that, that we should be looking for. If there's one player on offense, one player on defense at Penn State that Iowa fans should be watching because by God they're entertaining to watch, who should it be uh this week?
1: On offense, uh, you'll love if if you love Mark Wiseman, you'll love Zach Zwanak. Um also look for Kyle Carter, who's one of our five thousand tight ends. Big kid can run the him to get um favorable matchups all day long. It's one of O'Brien's favorite things to do in this offense. Defensively, uh, the guy who destroyed Iowa last year when um, when you guys came to Happy Valley, Gerald Hodges, number six on the outside linebacker for Penn State. Very strong, very fast, loves the blitz, and uh, just really, he was one of the guys last year that, it, it, in a surprising move, Tom Bradley really blitzed the hell out of Iowa. Yes, he did, year, and he was the guy that they kept sending. So um, Vandenberg. great, Vandenberg, I love that guy. Vandenberg will be familiar.
0: You know, I, I have to stop you for a second because again, I'm, I'm flabbergasted at what you just said. Your team has a like a tall, athletic tight end. That it tries to use by creating mismatches with other defenders and then giving him the ball, like well, yeah. too fast for linebackers, too big for safeties, kind of guy. Yeah, and,
1: and sometimes I, they'll, sometimes they'll even have our receivers cross paths and sort of, you know, try to draw defenders in different areas. It's really you, I, you guys should really look into this. Does it,
0: does does you, do they use him by having him run a quite literally one yard out route? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I only laugh because I know what that's like. Yes. I remember it so well.
0: Yes, congratulations! We are the new Penn State. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it, 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 makes, it makes the scandal seem not so bad. I get to watch entertaining. I, I don't have to watch three yard outs on uh, third and seven. It all balances out, really. You
0: you get to this week. Um.
1: My my diploma is, my diploma carries a large amount of shame with it, but I don't have to watch Anthony Morelli throw pick sixes on five yard outs.
2: <laughs> There's. There's unfortunately probably a lot of truth to that to that comment about Iowa being the new Penn State. You got
1: to, yeah. I mean,
0: we've we've always wanted to be the new yeah. Penn State. Now we finally have our chance.
1: I mean, really, point. considering Trestle and Paterno are, are both gone, there is there anyone even nearly as conservative as Ferentz in the conference? No, there no. can't be. I mean, Ferentz and Paterno and Trestle were all kindred souls in that sense. That they would, oh, absolutely. they would they would and, love to punt on a fourth and four from the thirty-one.
0: The only the only guy who close is to Antonio.
1: Yeah, but and even
0: dantonio has got a, a, a trick up his sleeve. Yeah, most he does. Of the time. I mean, this is not the week to be criticizing Ferentz because Ferentzism's completely worked last week. I mean, like yeah. that was the Michigan State game was a game they should not win, and they they used the defense to hang tight. They got they they just destroyed them on field position. I mean, it was an absolute classic Ferentz game where. Our punter will punt it forty yards. Your guy is shanking it, mm-hmm. so we will continue to punt it until we get the ball at our at your forty-five. Yeah, eventually, and then we'll run three plays and kick a field goal. Just, and you'll just have to deal with it. Just
1: gum this thing to death.
0: You're, you are going to have to actually put a drive together to beat us. And, and, <laughs> and
1: an eighty-year-old without dentures just oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I gotta tell you the most beautiful thing of all. I don't know if you guys saw the end of the first half, where D'Antonio just completely botched the clock.
1: Um, no, but I like to hear that. Well,
0: <laughs> too. There was okay, so so Michigan State gets the ball with about a, like a minute and a half left in the first half, and they immediately throw like two passes and they run Le'Veon Bell off tackle and they get down to like the 30 thirty-ish yard line. And they got a decent kicker, so they can make this field goal, and they can go up into the half with a pretty good lead. And for, for reasons passing understanding, they first run, like, everybody off the field and start running other guys, including the trainer, like the guy with, like, the water bottle, <laughs> runs onto the field. And then they realize, no, 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 that's, they had 14 guys in the field. They were like, that, that doesn't work. So they run, like, everybody off. And when new guys on now they have nine guys on the field, including no quarterback. Max Maxwell nowhere to be found. So they can't spike the ball. So Le'Veon Bell goes to line up behind center to try to spike the ball. Oh, and then looks around and there's nobody else on the field. They're gonna get penalized for doing it. Clock runs out into the half. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, I like that. If
0: John Elt Smith was there, he would have slapped himself on the way to the blocker room. It was I, so great.
1: I love that for D'Antonio. That prick. It
0: was, as just, it was as if Michigan State had finally come back. And it was – as an Iowa fan, watching our team do that for so long, it was just like, oh, thank God, somebody else mm-hmm. is dead. Um, but, uh, yeah, D'Antonio's the only one who was even close at this point. And like I said, this is not the week to be criticizing Kirk because that was a heck of a win. Yes. Mike, you're right. It was gummed you to death. Mm-hmm. I, we will, we will make this thing as ugly as we possibly can, and you cannot out ugly us. No. <laughs>
2: so, See that no. that's oh kind God, of the man. anti that's the anti Penn State way. And, and Penn State was never beating anyone they weren't supposed to beat. They were gonna um, they were gonna line up against you, and and you were if you were you know Ohio State you'd generally run them over, and if you were Indiana.
1: You've never beaten Penn State, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how, that's how a paternal loses right. 9 in the road to Lloyd car.
0: Right, they and that's a, how... they have better I,
1: players, we do the same dumb man-ball bullshit they do, and they have better players, so they win.
0: And that's and that's the funny thing with Ferris, is that's the way it should be for us. And it's almost the complete opposite. Like, we make every game a three-point game, so we have a chance of beating you no matter how good you are, or we have a chance of losing you no matter how bad you are. Mm-hmm. It's true. We will, make, we will make Central Michigan a competitive game. Yeah.
2: Every year. <laughs> I tune in right. for that
0: one. And we will go to Michigan State and play them to an absolute draw and then let Andrew Maxwell throw, like, the new Adam Shada <laughs> an interception to win the game. So they're to have to shut up, not about Ferris, but about Greg Castillo for a while. By the way, uh, Juan Castillo. Yeah. Yeah, our, uh, our
1: our defensive uh, coordinator slash offensive line coach in Philadelphia. Yeah. R- slash RIP my man.
0: Father of yeah. Greg Castillo.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I thought of that earlier today. Who, who could have predicted that that would go badly?
0: Yes, I could imagine that they moved the guy from the offensive line coach to defensive coordinator, and yes. it worked out terribly.
1: Love my, my, um, my smartest guy in the room football coach.
0: Yes, Andy Reid. Ugh. Makes imagine,
1: imagine <laughs> putting up with that on on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's it, it, the, the, the the mindless challenges, the time management, the, oh. the the absolute shittiness with anybody who dare who's dared to question him. Oh, it's it's fourteen years. I
0: have that every Saturday. Well,
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we <laughs> to it.
0: Yes. Um. So I was kind of surprised they didn't hire Juan for the defensive coordinator job because it really did not make way too oh. much sense. Now he can. Down. Um, Kevin, I'll start with you. What's your prediction for the weekend? How do you see this thing playing out between two Big Ten heavyweights, <laughs> both two and zero, both un- both playing for a well, at least one team playing for a Rose Pulver, Sorry, hey, we you uh, get
1: a division championship still? That's that's I love that rule.
0: Do you really get it yes. even if you just yes? Get we it are, to play we are
1: allowed game? to win the division, but we are not allowed to play in the championship game.
0: Is there a, a like a trophy for that? I just
1: hope so, and I hope we win it. I think that would be tremendous. And I think <laughs> we might.
2: I, I think the the most exciting. I, I, think, little, I think there's a good chance of it. The the second most exciting part about all of this, other than the the third downs, which you know are set ups for fourth downs, has been the fact that yeah. the Big Ten is so so bad. Yeah, and I and awesome. I um. I don't know. I don't know quite how it all happened at once, but it really all happened at the same time, which has been, you know, for Ohio State and Penn State to be sitting here, um, you know, in whatever the hell division we're in. Um, I've regressed on my knowledge of the Big Ten division names. I think. Well. <laughs> I think we're in pig, in <laughs> the pig division. Thank you. Um, has been really interesting, and I think where Chris is going is that. Um, as, as we did kind of get over the shock and wise up, I I did find some of the grandstanding, the um, Penn State giving up the bull money thing when other suspended programs haven't. I'm certainly not outraged. It's one of these, like, you can't fight City Hall moments, but um does seem a little like um, it sparks that kind of bullshit um, immaterial spite meter that you have where you just are like, well, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, anyway. I, I do like, you know, the, the line in this one last I checked was Iowa, um, you know, basically getting the three points for being at um, home. Three points, yeah. Um, I, I, really, I really like Penn State in the sense that you're going to have Ference, you know, playing Ferrance ball. You're going to have Penn State going forward on fourth down. You're going to have some gambles. You're going to have these. There there will be, my first prediction is there will be at least three passes and throws in the first quarter that should be interceptions. And if only one of them is picked off, I really really like Penn State. Um, it's a win. It's, it's, that's a win for us. It's basically a win. He'll settle in, uh, you know, <laughs> O'Brien will make sure no no forward passes go beyond you know five five yards of the line of scrimmage, and you know I could see I could see this kind of fourth down thing working out. I could see, um, you know, the running game really has kind of come into its own. So, you know, I I think if unless Ferrance has kind of a different game plan for a different coach, which is, you know, part of the other <laughs> part of the other fun part here is, is seeing how everyone responds to not getting to play the same predictable paternal game plan every year or every week, every yeah. year, rather. Um, I just don't know if Ferentz is, has the creativity left to kind of figure, figure, um figure out a, a decided way of getting, getting an advantage in this one. Um, I like Penn state, although first quarter caveat applies.
1: Yeah, Chris, what you- I I love Penn State in this game, I really do. And I know every every year we seem to do this, and every year I say Iowa's going to win, and even that is a, a sort of a a nice feeling to have confidence in your coaching staff and in confidence in the way that people people will be used. I don't think Iowa's that good. I, I,
0: How dare you! I, I
1: I just don't. I'm. And and like I said, I've seen very limited amounts of Iowa football this year. Just, you know, looking at the scores and, and thinking about what little I've seen, I don't think Michigan State's any good either. Um, I think you're right. So, and I, I think Iowa's sort of sneaky bad and Penn State's sneaky good. And I know this is not exactly high-level analysis I'm giving right, right here, <laughs> but um, Penn State's going to score points. And the, the, I think the only thing that could really stop them is um, the ever-looming special teams tire fire. I mean, if, if this gets into some sort of field goal kicking contest, well, obviously, we're not going to be trying to kick them. But I, I can see where, you know, this fourth down magic's not going to continue forever. They're 13 for 20, and they were 5 of 6 against Northwestern. You figure it catches up with them at some point, but I mean, I all things, you know, assuming there's no indeed special teams tire fire, I think Penn State wins by a touchdown.
0: That's bold of you. Yeah. I mean, they haven't beaten Ferrance at Kinnick in, like, forever. How long has it been? 1999. Wow. wow. The year of unimaginable pain. I won mean, one in ten that year, so congratulations. You
1: beat that team. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs>
0: Um I I will say this, look, I'm not gonna sit here and try to claim that we're gonna come up with some kind of ingenious game plan for handling Penn State because I, I do think if it comes down to a question of which coach is gonna be more creative in the way they handle the opposing team, it's always going to be whoever's facing Kirk Ferris. But um especially in this case, I think that's probably true. But there's a weird little bit of institutional knowledge Involved with Iowa and 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 Bill O'Brien, and if Weissman mm-hmm. plays, and if they can take advantage of the fact that they actually know a little bit about the guy just from Belichick and from
1: from Brian Ference
0: Brian Ferenc coaching with him over those years, they might be able to figure something out. But I will say this: if if the if Dave Revson doesn't start this game by saying. Vandenberg, McGloin, leaders, legends. Now I'm gonna be really bad, really, really bad. Somebody needs to get in
1: touch with him about this.
0: Yes, this has to happen. We had, we had to hold him for it, and 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 frankly, given that it's Airbag of Blues a weekend, he he owes us this one. Um, <laughs> You're just taunting I him. I think if 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 Weissman plays, I think Iowa wins because I don't think anybody can really stop them from running the ball a little bit, and if. If they can run the ball, they can they can make enough passing game work to make it you know they can make the defense of the running game work enough that so the passing game doesn't really matter. What's the much. latest
1: on Wiseman asked? Because I'm 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 assuming he's not playing. I, I right. know I know there's a a coiness with uh injuries. I'm surprised it's not a uh a lower body injury like in the hockey playoffs. But um uh,
0: it, it said today it's a mild sprain. They're they're treating it as if he won't be there because he says that every time that anybody gets right, mildly right. injured. Inside Word is he's going to play.
1: Okay. Well he's going and, to die.
0: Yes, probably. <laughs> but well, it was fun while it lasted. Um, but if, if he plays that he's you haven't watched a ton this year. It's a weird little thing with him. He's not a great halfback, but he is great in that system. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a the one thing that really was never that good for guys like Coker and McCall and Hampton had a little bit of it. Robinson always had it in, in spades, was you could he's, – he's a decisive running back. He knows exactly where he's going as far as the hole goes. Toker in a one-back set would always kind of kind of skitter around for a while and then try to find something and fall forward for two yards. You gave him a full back and he figured out where he was going, and suddenly he became good. Right. Uh Weiss well, doesn't need the fullback to make that happen. He just kind of runs at the line and says, someone's going to try to stop me, and they won't. <laughs> and he runs by, he runs through somebody, by somebody else, and the third guy finally grabs him by the ankle.
1: Sounds, a, sounds a lot like our guy.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> really does. It's going to be a, a ping pong game, I get the feeling. A lot yeah. between the tackle stuff. and. Um, What's the I, uh, total on this? 42 and a half, it looks like. Which is, <laughs> good job, It's Kevin. actually incredibly, okay. incredibly high. For for a uh, Penn State-Iowa game, although probably one of the lowest ones of the week.
0: Iowa played – Iowa was the second lowest last year – or last week at 38. <laughs> uh, only the BYU game because BYU has literally no offense And they, did, they
1: didn't even make two overtimes.
0: Yeah, and two overtimes they didn't make the third. <laughs> Impressive. Um, Good work. Joke, joke on Twitter heading into overtime was that if there was a personal foul, it could be the first ever overtime punt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you know, I I have a little bit of confidence now after last week, just because I think they might have found a little bit of something. But man, the passing game is terrible. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game to watch. And it goes away
1: it, after this year, doesn't it?
0: It does. I think, for a couple, I think you're on for two it, or four years. And the other part of it is. You know, there won't be a, It'll be over in an hour and a half. I mean, yeah. you will be will be able to watch this game and and be able to catch the second half of every other game.
1: <laughs> you may be right,
0: because I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of incompletions on your side, and I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of passing at all on ours. Um, it could be done really, really fast.
1: Look how look how scared you are, of Matt McLean.
0: I really am. I'm terrified of the five yard dink and dunk. Cause <laughs> He's, he's, a Nor- he's a
1: Northwestern killer, man. He's
0: Exactly. He's
1: he's uh, Tom Brady against Northwestern.
0: Um. By the way, thirteen. you guys are 13 of 20 on fourth down. Yeah. No one else in the conference has attempted more than 12.
1: Yeah. It's it's, um, it's, and, it's a fun ride. And, and Penn State and, is and, normally in
2: this thir- 12 to 13 range every year, so they're already at 20. And I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, there's nothing more awesome than sitting there on third and seven when you know they're going mm-hmm. for it. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I was sitting there watching that game two weeks ago, and, or I guess a week and a half, and, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, would it suck to be rooting against this team. Not because they're that good or they'll get it, but there's just nothing more frustrating or draining than having to, like... A repeated fourth down. Yeah, cr- <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's
2: crushing, especially in a Big Ten, you know, matchup where you're just not used to
1: having to deal with that. I, I know it's liberating as a fan to watch. I, I imagine it must be... Equally so as a player and as a coach. Where there and and like I said before, it's consequence-free football. We're not fighting for an Outback Bowl bid here. So what the fuck, you know, we we can pass up 23-yard field goals.
0: You're going to Hawaii regardless. Yeah. Are they putting Hawaii on the schedule? They're going to they try end? to do things. The like very that. They have they They've got to do that. They haven't
1: made any schedule changes yet, but uh, they're going to try to do something. Although
0: that's a free one, I think, right? If you add that, is it still,
1: I don't. I never know what the latest Hawaii role is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can get a free game going to Hawaii, and 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 it gets your kids a, a trip. You should do that. A- they deserve it before they all transfer to Illinois. Ha ha ha! Tim,
1: that guy's not going to last a year.
0: So yeah. So hey, by the way, how do you guys feel about Tim Beck? Oh man. That was yeah. I, it, I did keep flipping back and forth to that game because that game was awesome. Yeah. It was like That was that was the biggest fu game.
1: The hand, in like the, the, hand of the, the 50 mile an hour handshake was awesome. Yep. A blow by handshake by O'Brien. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, that was great. That
1: guy, talk about someone who's way in over his head. Holy shit.
0: Well, you do know, you know my theory on actually, him, right? Have fun
1: coaching NAIA next year.
0: You know my theory on him, right? He's Tim Brewster in a costume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim Brewster would have uh, much, uh, much tighter control over his team, and use much, <laughs> use uh many more exclamation points.
0: By the way, Brewster, do you follow Brewster on Twitter?
1: I don't still. think I do anymore. Did I... <laughs> I didn't know he was still at that.
0: The Mississippi State like wide receivers coach now. Of course. It's so great, because now he has a fan base. It's as crazy as he Oh, has. yeah, it's like,
1: true. It's a, that's perfect.
0: Minnesota, it was just like everybody just kind of shook their head and went, oh, Tim. And now he's got people with cowbells, and he's like, ah, cowbells up! Exclamation point, exclamation point, <laughs> <laughs> so wonderful. Uh, that's, that's,
1: that's a match made in heaven. Yeah, that's, that's got oh, I, in Almost as good it. as John L. Smith in Arkansas.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: God. We need to get him another job next year. Maybe we need get, maybe get, Illinois.
0: Everybody just needs a smile. That's true. <laughs> all right, boys. Um, Hey, uh, any good beer lately?
1: We went to a uh, beer festival over the weekend. I went down to D.C. and Kevin and I and uh, his wife and a bunch of our friends, uh, Chris Thorman from SB Nation, Yeah, We all – Where was it, called? it was called Snallygaster down by the Navy Yard in D.C. the day after the Nationals game. So it was like a, like a murder scene almost. <laughs> um, I had something I even wrote it down here one was uh, Maryland Beer Heavy Seas Barrel Aged Marzen it was a bourbon soaked oak chips excellent and uh, I that actually make sense yeah it, it, it's a bunch of stuff it's basically a Marzen that was really really good and soaked in bourbon chips um, the other thing I had I actually split it with Kevin's wife it was uh, Timmerman, Timmerman's Pumpkin Lambicus it was a uh, pumpkin sour and I just ooh. had to try it, and it was.
0: I said that with ooh,
2: like I don't know if that's good or not. Yeah, that's that's pumpkin. It's pumpkin flavored Pringles, basically. But I it liked was,
1: it. it. It was good. Did you you tried it too?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was um.
1: It was very pumpkin pie like, but it was interesting, and I like trying sour beers. So,
2: Kevin, what do you got? Um, yeah, I guess from there there was also this uh, this kind of dual brew between my favorite brew down here, Mad Fox, and a um in a not-yet-opened brewery called Blue Jacket, which is um, opening up right near where we were, actually, down by the baseball park. Um, I think it was a, a Weisbach. It was basically a kind of saison, um, you know, I think there was rye, some rye flavor in there. and It was very, very good. Um, there was also a beer that I tried to find, without being smart enough to just go to the list uh, the next day, brewed in Idaho called Wet n' Wild, which was a fresh hop kind of session, Pale Ale. Um, If anyone knows of a brewery in Idaho that makes a beer called Wet and Wild, please tweet at me because I can track it down uh, without having to look at the six-point font that was on the back of the beer list um, that is lying around here somewhere. Um, But, yeah, a a really solid event. I think there were 150 beers, and I think we um, exchanged emails on Sunday talking about at what time that afternoon the hangover ended for everybody involved. Yeah.
1: It was a good four. It was a good four o'clock for me. Nice,
0: well played, boys. Anyway, well,
1: I'm I'm old and not fun anymore.
0: Do we have any good music lately?
1: AC Newman, um, new album just came out in October. The uh, really the guy from the New Pornographers.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have one of out. his. And I can probably find it real fast. It's like at the exact top of my iTunes, behind all the yes, yeah, yeah, Bondi.
1: I have um, um, what's it called?
0: Now it it's for sort of Wonder
1: is the, is the album. That's what I've got, Very yeah. Very good. One of my favorites.
0: Kevin? There's a band called Spirit
2: Family Reunion that's doing this. Um, I don't know if you remember all my harping on Low Anthem, but the, like, rowdy Low Anthem. It's kind of a similar thing to that. And they um, also are on this kind of independent release called Long Distance Salvation, which is a Bruce Springsteen tribute um, covering the Nebraska album. And, uh really? Really, really solid. If you go to longdistancesalvation.com, you can stream all the songs. Um, I love the last album. Yeah, this one is uh, – I mean, these things are, are are generally hit or miss, but I, I found this one um, refreshing.
0: I have nothing. I, I, I would say listen to the new Passion Pit, but apparently they're totally mainstream now. <laughs> totally mainstreamer. Um well, I will listen to what you guys have then, because I've heard nothing recently that's really tripped my trigger. Um, Chris Gravich, Kevin Power, we should do this more often. Maybe we should start a website.
1: We should. Maybe we'll we talk about all these things, do beer, music, but football. Yeah, we, it's a great idea for a site.
0: Maybe we should have a thing about Wilco that goes on for, like, three years.
1: Is <laughs> that all it's yeah. <laughs> been? Three <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the time that we finish this thing up, there will be three new Wilco apps. Somewhere will
2: have gone bankrupt, we'll have to move to a third site.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fumbler.
1: <laughs> oh, well, if, if if we never do that again, we'll uh, we'll see you in a few years for Penn State and Iowa.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks, boys. Thanks.
1: Oh, have fun at yeah. Airbag Palooza.
0: Hey, you know what? We will as long as it doesn't actually end up hurting somebody else, because then it's going to be really kind of sad. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm looking forward to the carnage.
0: Like like if we spend the day doing all airbag stuff, and then every half backed out by the end of the first quarter, people are going to think that we're really, really jackasses. Like, we'll have to shut the site down forever. It's, it's
1: going to make people else. really question their pre-existing religious alternatives.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to cast a lot of doubt in people's minds and souls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mostly
1: souls. Mostly souls. Mostly souls. Most, and, and blown ACLs.
0: <laughs> right. And And jails.
1: And baby mamas.
0: Baby mamas, indeed. RIP Brandon Wager. All right. See you guys later.